The series Level Up, for those of you joining us for the first time this morning, we'd love to welcome you here and uh, we'll catch you up a little bit. I encourage you to listen to our podcast uh, to uh, get a bit more context. But really the big idea of this series Level Up comes from a, a letter that uh, one of the early church heavyweights, a guy named Paul, wrote to a, a church that had been established in a port city of Greece called Philippi. And in the Bible, you read it, it's called the Letter to the Philippians. And it's, it's this group of people. And Paul wrote uh, this letter right at the front end. He teed off with an incredible promise that God makes to people who choose to follow Jesus. And the, prof- the promise is, 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 is the way Paul wrote it is like this. He said, and I am certain, you're gonna need, and I am certain that God who began the good work within you, d- 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 I sound a bit tinny. I'm, I'm not even enjoying listening to myself, which is very rare. Um, <laughs> I am certain, give me, give, give me some, give me some quest love bass on, on the bottom end here, Scotty. I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue His work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. In that, in that one sentence is, is, a, is a promise. In fact, it's almost three promises for the price of one. That you and I, when we choose to follow Jesus, it's actually Him that begins the good work in us. It's actually Him that invites us on the journey. It's actually Him that meets us right where we're at begins the good work in us. But He doesn't just start it and set us up for failure. He doesn't just start it, the work without the intention of finishing. In fact, He promises that, that having started the work, that God Himself will continue His work. That you and I don't have to do life just in our own strength. We don't have to just rely on our own abilities. We don't have to just uh, live according to the limits of, of who we are as broken, uh, limited humans, but actually God empowers us throughout this journey and ultimately he's gonna finish the work. That there's the, the, the promise is that he will start the work, continue the work and finish the work. What's the work? The work is transforming us, you and me, to, to, to be like Jesus. We were actually created in his image and God wants to restore us to be in his image once again. I do uh, triathlon. Triathlon's my sport of choice. I don't recommend it. Um, it's complicated. It's, it's possibly the world's most complicated sport. Three sports and there's a lot of equipment and, uh, and whenever I buy equipment, I ask the, the shopkeeper to give me two receipts, uh, one receipt for the amount uh, that I paid, which I, which I keep for warranty purposes and give me a second receipt with a lower amount. That's the one I show Louis, uh, trying to tell her that's, that's what I paid. And it's very complicated. Um, I don't recommend it. But... Um, Swimming. Swimming is one of the things, if you didn't know what triathlon is, it's a, it's a sport that involves swimming, followed by cycling, followed by running. And the, the weird thing about uh, swimming is in swimming, you swim, train uh, in, in, a, in a pool, and yet almost all of the races are in the open water. And uh, the thing about sw- uh, pool swimming is pool swimming is a very controlled environment. There's a black line that you follow uh, uh, one stroke after the next. There's lane ropes on either side of you to keep you uh, within the lane. Um, and, uh, and there's no currents or waves. It's just this kind of uh, still water, apart from when the uh, school holidays are on and the learn to swim class is in the lane next to you and kids are bombing. But apart from that, uh, the waters are pretty calm. Compared to in the open water, in the open water you get in there and there's no black line to follow. There's no lane ropes on either side of you and there are currents and there are waves, and uh, yes, in, uh, in uh, 
Western Australia, when you race in uh, Bustleton, there are also sharks. And uh, I've met Bruce and some of his mates myself. I can vouch for their existence. So what they do with a triathlon is uh, you might start on the beach and, and you have to swim a certain distance out and then maybe turn and swim a distance that way and then turn back in and swim a distance that way and then come back to the, the finish line. But it's not just the case of like, hey, everyone, just go and swim. It's a kilometre and we want you to sort of figure out where to go, how far and when you're done, come back in. Instead, they'll do, they'll do something like this. They'll set up swim boys. You see up the top uh, right-hand corner swim boys or for our American podcast listeners, swim buoys. They don't actually put boys out there and get them flagging you down. Uh, swim buoys. And, uh, and so, for example, a, a triathlon swim, it might be a 500-meter swim. And so they might put a, a boy at uh, 100 meters and then 200 meters and 300 meters and so on. And it could be up to a, an Ironman swim, 3.8 kilometers. And so they'll have these boys in, in a line dotted around the ocean. And all you have to do is swim to the next boy. And when you get to that, you swim to the next boy. And when you get to that, you swim to the next boy and you keep following. It's like, it's like uh, following the, the bouncing ball and you, you come back in. That's how uh, they get around this idea of having uh, a swim in an uncontrolled environment because they re recognise that in the open water, there are currents and there are waves and there are these external forces that, that, that there are not in the indoor setting. And these things have an impact on your ability to do the race, to finish the swim leg. And uh, what happens is, you can be swimming along and you're going, or think you're going, straight to the next boy, and there you are. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming. And, and look up and you expect to see the boy about 100 metres right in front of you, but all of a sudden the boy's over there. And, and what's happened since you last looked up is you've started to drift. And the thing about drifting is, 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 is you don't kind of go from being right on course to being quite a ways off course in the, in the case of just one or two strokes. It actually happens as a gradual process, as, as currents kind of drag you and pull you in different directions. Maybe some waves, a succession of waves have actually crashed over you and, and, and pushed you a certain way. And then as a result of this gradual process, you'll look up and you'll think, whoa, hang on a second, I'm actually off course. And you are, because you drifted. And it's, it can be the same with following Jesus. Because in life, we have currents pulling us in all sorts of directions. I mean, even if you're just a good person and you don't do hookers and cocaine, you've still got a lot of demands on your time that are all quite valid. You've got work pressures, You've got family expectations. You've got relational commitments, hopefully some health uh, commitments, some recreational things, some social uh, engagements, all good things. And yet sometimes they compete. Sometimes they're pulling you in different directions. And you're swimming along through this journey called life and these currents are pulling us in different directions. Then a wave comes crashing that we didn't expect. A health issue, a financial challenge, a relationship blows up. And... And, and, and over the course of life, we can start drifting. And, 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 it, and it doesn't happen in an instant. It happens gradually as a result of a process. I like to ask people in January, 
What are your goals for the year? You know, goals, plans, resolutions, whatever you want to call them. I like to ask people in January, you know, what, 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 do, you, what, do, you, what, what do you think God's calling you to this year? What are, you, what are you going to set your sights on this year? And I have never, I've never had someone say this to me. Yeah, well, Mark, uh, here's my plan. January, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow Jesus like like I've never followed him before. I mean, as soon as he lifts his foot up to take the next step, my foot's going right where his foot just was. I'm, I'm lockstep with that guy. January, that's me. But my goal is by December, I wanna have drifted way away from him and that by December, I barely wanna be following him at all. That's my goal for the year. I've never, ever had anyone say that to me. However, I've seen people Live that out from January to December or from 2007 to 2015 or whatever the, the process, whatever the time frame. Whatever, I've actually seen people drift and they never drifted as the result of a decision to drift. They didn't drift in a moment. They drifted over time. They drifted gradually to the point where that were no longer following Jesus. Now, most of them didn't stop believing in Jesus. But see, Jesus doesn't just call us to believe in him. In fact, he says, the devil actually believes in me. I want you to believe in me and come follow me. And if we start drifting, we can be still believing in Jesus and yet not actually following him. The thing about these buoys, they're actually anchored to the seafloor. And so if I'm swimming along and, I'm, and I've charted my course and I'm looking at this buoy and I'm swimming straight forward and I look up and I, and I discover that I'm actually off course, you know what? It wasn't actually the swim boy that moved. It wasn't actually the swim boy that drifted. That can have currents come at it from left and right. It can have waves crash over it, just like they're crashing over me, but it won't actually move. So if I'm off course, it's because I've drifted. Well, it's the same with Jesus. If we're ever off course, it's not because he drifted, because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not moved by waves. He's not moved by circumstances. He's not moved by currents. He never moves. And yet if we're off course, it's not because he drifted. It's because we drifted. But the good news is, just as it is in triathlon swimming, when you see yourself a little bit off course, you can actually recalibrate and get back on course. So it is with following Jesus, that if any area or areas of your life where you've drifted, and this is what I want to shine the highlight on today. I want this to be a morning for us to recalibrate and get back on track in, in one or more areas that we may have drifted. Now, let me recap. Or those of you here for the first time, let me catch you up. Week one, we talked about, and we're using this metaphor of a video game, particularly Super Mario. I think it should have been called Super Marco, but Super Mario will do for now. And I, and I talked about there being three levels. Now, it's a metaphor, and you know, we could have done other metaphors, or we could have even used different language. But we're using this metaphor. It's very, very simple, and uh, yet very, very uh, profound. Level one is where we start. It's, we start in the game. We start in life. We start following Jesus. Where we meet Jesus, and we say, he says, come follow me. And we say, yep, I'm in. I'm in the game. I'm in. Let's go. Initially, and by the way, and I said this, I'm not going to get tricked out again doing it, but this is where this term born again Christian comes in because Jesus says, when you make a decision to follow him, you actually become a new creation. You're like a new baby. And just like a new baby, 
there's no expectation initially for you to do anything or feed yourself or contribute anything apart from just being present and keep following. However, that can't continue forever. There's another level. And this next level is when we learn, just as we do in life as humans, we learn to start to feed ourselves. And we can feed ourselves a variety of ways. This is, this is one way, but it's, only, it's, it's not the only way. One meal a week for one hour on a Sunday is gonna see you malnourishing, not flourishing. So learn to feed yourself by prayer, by reading the Bible, uh, by listening to worship music during the week, by getting in an Elevate group and, and having people around you. But even then, there's another level above that where we're actually called to feed others. There's actually a purpose beyond ourselves when it comes to following Jesus. Keep that image in mind. Now, I talked about Paul writing this letter to the church in, in Philippi. Uh, I want to dig into that a little bit more now. So if you've got an Elevate app, you can open the Bible tab and um, it'll take you straight to a, a slice of this letter that Paul wrote to, this, to, to the church in Philippi. And um, the big idea of his letter is joy and two big ideas is joy and growth. And this idea I talked about, God begins a good work in us continues the work and finishes the work. It's actually growth. It's actually about leveling up. And by the way, in our app, uh, we've got a new section called Stories. And last week, uh, we played a growth story. Gavin Jones, who's sitting here in the second row. Make it the first row next week, Gavin. Gavin Jones sitting in the... Thankfully, we're becoming a church where you've got to get here early to get a front row seat. I like it. Yeah. All right. Come on. The spit zone. And... Uh, so yeah, if you didn't catch Gavin's story last week, you can catch that in our app. You share it with friends. But Paul continues his letter to the Philippians and he says, he wrote this, work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Now, some of you grew up in, church, in a church that told you that you need to work hard to earn your salvation. I did, that you need to work hard. You need to be good enough. You need to sacrifice enough. You need to serve enough. You need to get yourself perfect enough. And if you do, then you can come to Jesus and He'll say, you're in. Salvation will happen as a result of your works. But if you've ever tried that, it didn't take you long to discover that it's actually impossible, that you're never going to be good enough. You're never going to be able to work hard enough, serve enough, sacrifice enough. You're never going to be able to be perfect enough. In fact, by the way, if you're perfect, stand up and bugger off. Because <laughs> the rest of us aren't and we, and, we, and we know it. And we're not trying to pretend that we're perfect. And we don't have to actually come to Jesus perfect. We come to Jesus as we are. See, and, and, and it's because I, I don't want you to miss this. Paul didn't say, work hard to earn the results of your salvation. He wrote, work hard to show the results of our salvation. In other words, we don't work to earn our salvation. The things that we do for God are actually the result of our salvation. We actually do them in response to Jesus having saved us. We actually do them empowered by Him. We actually do them realising that we're not saved to sit, we're saved to serve. That actually God's reason for saving you isn't just you. 
It's a, it's a purpose beyond just you. Yeah, he wants you in. He wants us in. He wants a relationship with us. And then he wants us to get busy showing the people around us the results of our salvation. See, we don't get in the game at level one and, and work furiously to get to level two and work furiously to get to level three and then do everything we can to, to, to stay in level three. And then, and then maybe, just maybe, maybe we can have a relationship with Jesus if we get that far into the game. It doesn't work that way. In fact, Jesus invites us into the game in the first place. And you think, yeah, all right, I'll give this uh, game of following Jesus a go. And all you have to do is say, I'm a miracle. And in response, he says to you, and I'm a Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jared. You've almost redeemed yourself from your sandbagging of my Rome away from Rome joke two weeks ago. <laughs> you know what? Just so you know, I didn't actually think that was funny either. Okay, so just, uh, just so you know, we were on the same page there. And then Paul wrote, for God is working in you. Now, people that are at level one and level two, and I'm not being judgy, it's, it's the reality. People that are at level one or two, stop reading right there. They stop reading. They, they, they think there's a, a full stop after the word you, for God is working in you. Oh, well, that's a relief. Well, that's encouraging. That, that I've got salvation and God's working in me. Wow, man, that's so good, so good. Uh, I'm being fed and I'm, and I'm feeding myself and, and I'm getting transformed, so good. Oh, man, me and Jesus. Like this, baby. But level three people realize that it's not a full stop. There's actually a comma. Punctuation matters, people. For God is working in you, comma. Then Paul says why he's working in you. He actually gives purpose to this process. God's working in you, giving you the desire and the powers and the abilities and the rewards and the power-ups to do what pleases Him. God is working in you so that He can not just do something for you, but do something through you. There's purpose. And then Paul keeps going. Actually, let me, let me throw in a pro tip here. I mentioned I've never had anyone say to me in January that their goal is to drift away from Jesus over the course of a year. But if you think you wanna be the first and give it a go, like, well, I'll, I'll be the crash test dummy for that, Mark. Uh, here's some pro tips. Here's Mark's drifting tips, okay? So if you wanna drift, write these down. Stop showing up on Sundays. These are so simple. I mean, like, so simple, any knucklehead can do them, okay? So stop showing up on Sundays. Stop reading your Bible. Stop praying, stop giving, stop being part of an Elevate group and stop serving in an Elevate team. If you do most, and I'd recommend you do all of those things if you really wanna drift properly, uh, then I actually guarantee you, you'll drift. Like, you just come back to me, I'll, I'll give you 100 bucks. Uh, yep, I've drifted, Mark, you're right. I did all those things you said I should do and look at me, I've drifted. Can I have my 100 bucks? Sure, no worries. Money back guarantee, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you took it. Oh, sorry, and by the way, there's a couple of additional pro tips to this. Uh, first of all, uh, don't, do, don't do them all at the same time. 
okay? Don't do them all at the same time and, 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 and kind of just uh, sequence them. Just like drop the first one off over a, a couple of months, you know? Instead of showing up every Sunday, make it every well, three out of five, still 60%, 50% a pass. Then, then make it two out of five and then make it once a month and then sort of go towards more of the quarterly approach and then, and then eventually become what we call CEOs, the Christmas and Easter only group. And if you do that, then the, the benefit of doing it gradually is no one will notice. And if no one notices, then God's not gonna use anybody who loves you and wants you to stay on track to get up in your grill and stage an intervention. And then don't do them all at the same time because if you do them all at the same time, you'll probably notice and you'll probably stage an intervention. You'll be like, man, I've all of a sudden got all this spare time. All this time I used to, you know, on a Sunday, I could be going for a jog, man. And, and reading my Bible, that's, that, that gives me uh, 10 minutes a day uh, back, praying. Well, you know, I could talk to other people instead, giving. I mean, you know, I started, I was giving my first 10%, but I can have that, that back and, and get two cappuccinos a day. Uh, Elevate Group saves petrol. And I don't like a couple of the people in my group anyway. So <laughs> saves me a bit of relational uh, turmoil. And uh, yeah, Elevate Team, well, you know, there's always someone else to do it. But do them all at the same time. So there we go, Mark's tips for drifting. And I know you're laughing and yes, okay, that's irony or whatever we call it in Australia these days. And I hope that most of you are sitting there looking at this list and and the big idea of drifting away from Jesus. I hope that most of you are sitting there saying to yourself, yeah, I would never do that. I would never do that. I hope that's what you're saying. But let me, let me give you something that'll help. Whilst you hopefully saying, I would never do that, I wanna encourage you to recognise that you could do that. See, I've been married, uh, Louie and I have been married now for 21 and a half years. 21, 21 and a half years. And... Uh, and uh, I would never cheat on Louis and have an affair with another woman. But I could. Do, do you understand? I would, I would never. Now, I'm highly incentivized to not cheat on Louis. Louis regularly reminds me, buddy, if you ever cheat on me, I'm chopping it off. And she's not referring to my hair. So I'm highly incentivized to not cheat on Louis, highly incentivized. But here's the thing, I recognise that I could. You understand? You, you, this is, this, uh, this, okay, this is me not trying to be funny anymore, okay? I, I, I put the penis joke out there, let's move on, all right? This is not me trying to be funny right now. I recognise that I could, even though I say that I wouldn't. And because I could, I've put... Uh, a whole succession of safeguards into my life and my lifestyle and my workflow and my work habits and my personal practices to, to put the firewall up so very, very, very high that, that actually it reduces, never to zero, but reduces the likelihood that I would because I've reduced the ability of being able to do it. And I haven't got time, I'm not gonna go into the list I've told before, I'll tell you again one day. 
But when it comes to drifting, understand that you could, even if you're sitting here saying, I never would. Because you could. You could. Some of you, and I'm not judging you, I'm glad you're here, but some of you have done these things in the past. And guess what? You drifted. Guess what? Guess what? You're now saying, you, you, I, I wouldn't, but, but we can look back in your history and you've proven that you could because you did. But you're saying, I don't want to do it again. And that's great, but understand that you could. And because you could, even though you wouldn't, but you could, put the safeguards in place to reduce the likelihood that you would. So everything on this list, flip it on its head. Show up Sundays, read your Bible, pray, give, be part of an Elevate group, serve an Elevate team. And by the way, do all of these things and do them quickly. And guess what? Do them consistently. You don't get to level three playing Super Mario Brothers by only playing the game once a year for five minutes. You level up playing the game by getting on that thing regularly and playing it day after day, hour after hour. I'm not recommending it, I'm just saying that's the way you level up. Consistency is the key to leveling up. But here's the, here's the thing. Consistency isn't just the key to leveling up. Consistency is the key to staying leveled up. Because you can get to level three and then slide back down to level two and level one and eventually find yourself out of the game. But you didn't do it overnight. It didn't happen. You drifted. And Paul then throws this one out there as if you needed something else to be slapped with. Do everything without complaining and arguing. <clears throat> so It's in the Bible, people. I don't write it. I just read it so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. The only thing we can probably easy just go, yeah, it sounds about right, is the whole bit about the crooked and perverse people. The rest of it's like, are you kidding me? No, 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 Paul's not. In fact, Paul doesn't actually say, do the things you enjoy without complaining and arguing. Do everything, do everything. God's, God's gonna call you into certain situations. He's gonna call you into certain uh, friendships. He's gonna call you to do certain things. He's gonna call you into certain circumstances and you're not going to always like them. In fact, you'd say, you know what, God, can we just swap jobs for a day and I'm gonna reallocate some tasks here because this thing you're calling me to, it's no bueno for me. And you start complaining and arguing. And God says, no, mate, if I've called you to it, then I want you to do it without arguing and complaining. Do everything that I called you to without complaining and arguing. And you know what? This is one of the telling signs whether someone's at level three or not. When I start seeing someone doing the things that God's called them to do and they do it and they're complaining, and they're arguing, the warning lights are on. They're, they're, they're about to start drifting because the words we speak come out of the overflow of our heart and the heart drifts before the mouth drifts. The mouth's just the warning light. The engine's already started to, 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 to fry before the oil indicator light comes on. 
The heart started to drift before the complaining and the arguing starts to come out. In fact, someone that's at level three does everything, not just without complaining and arguing, they actually do it with a spirit of gratitude and a spirit of joy. Friday night, we had a, a Friday night live here for our Elevate Youth and, um, and uh, one of the uh, older relatives came to pick up a couple of the kids and our team are cleaning up and, and, and uh, whistling why they work and <laughs> Louis dancing on the end of a broom and stuff like this and, and, uh, and this, and this uh, guardian of, of the couple of the kids comes in and says, looks at our team who are all smiling and happy while they're cleaning at 9pm on a Friday night and says, uh, are you guys on drugs? <laughs> and they're like, no. Well, why are you so happy? Because they're living at level three. They can clean at the end of Friday Night Live, at the end of a broom at 9 p.m. on a Friday night with an attitude of joy and gratitude. I don't got to do this. I get to do this. I get to serve in the commission of the living God. And Paul says, yeah, that's right, you do. This is actually why you were created, shining like bright lights in a world of crooked and perverse people. Question, who determines how you act? Monday to Saturday, because you're all put your church faces on when you come here, I know that. But when you're, out, when you're out in the wild, free ranging, when you're out free ranging in your workplace, at home with the people that you share the DNA in the toilet with, who determines how you act? Is it you? Or is it your workmate? Is it you or is it your circumstances? Is it you or is it someone that seems to have some kind of negative superpower over you that you actually allow yourself to be dragged down or turn the bright light down a bit? Who determines how you act? Because Jesus actually calls us to be the bright light. He actually calls us to go out there in the wild, where it is wild, not to be wrapped up in cotton wool for you know, seven days a week and we're going to heaven, everyone. And, to, and for us to actually shine like bright lights. In fact, uh, if... Um, month or so ago, we, we gather all of our team members. We do once a quarter. We gather all of our team members for an all-in team night. And uh, one of our team, Andrew Pelikanos, the uh, Greek husband of Nikki. Do you ever get asked if you're Greek? You don't look Greek. Yeah, I'm married to a Greek, but shut up. Okay, all right. Anyway, <laughs> Andrew asked me during the course of our, our team night, what's our vision? And, uh, and I, I, you know, I'm able to speak to that. And I started to talk about the where and the what and, and the when and, 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 and the how. Um, and then I had to put, uh, push pause on that because we were out of time. I said, but next time we gather, I want to start talking to you about my vision for the who. God's not just calling us to build a church 
that's a certain number and in a certain location or multiple locations, he's also calling us to build a church that's a type of people. That's not just a where and a when, when and, 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 a, and a what and a how, but a who. And one of the key distinctives of the sort of church that God's put on my heart to lead is a, is, is a group of people who have the capacity who have the commitment, who, have the, who understand the calling to shine like bright lights in their world. That when I ask the question, who determines how you act, your answer is me, me. That I'm not different depending on who I'm hanging out with. I'm not different depending on whether I'm a morning person, midday person or night person. Well, maybe. I'm not, I'm not moved by circumstance. I'm not going to lower myself because everyone's doing it. But actually, I'm going to be in my workplace. I'm going to be the influencer. I might not even be the boss, but you can be the influencer even without the business card and the corner office because you and I live empowered by a God who's continuing the good work in us, who gives us abilities, who gives us the opportunity to power up. And then finally... Paul says this, hold firmly to the word of life then on the day of Christ's return. He doesn't say hold loosely. He doesn't say hold occasionally. <laughs> hold firmly. <laughs> I picture it like this. Jesus wore a robe. And when he's walking, grab the robe. Don't rip it off him. That would be weird. <laughs> but hold firmly because you know what? Then when he moves, you move with him. When he goes left, you go left. When he goes right, he goes right. You go right. Something like that. When he goes faster, you got to speed up. Hold firmly to the word of life, Jesus. Now, I want to pray for you all. Well, maybe not yours. The perfect, no, one, no one left when I invited the perfect people to leave. So, okay. Then I do want to pray for you all because all of us have still got room for leveling up. If you've drifted... In any area or areas of your life, I want to pray for you because just like I said in triathlon swimming, when you see that you're off course, there is the opportunity to recalibrate and get back on course. And don't say this, well, it's only one area because here's, here's how that works. You can be one degree off course. When you first start, you're still close and it doesn't really look like much. But one degree, the longer you stay one, just one degree, the longer you stay one degree off, Jesus is here and you've drifted. It was only one degree, yeah. Yeah, but it was a year of one degree or five years of one degree. It's the degree over time that causes the drift to cause the distance. So if you've drifted, I want to pray for you. Uh, in fact, I want you to stand, if that's you. And we don't judge people here. I don't judge you. That's for sure. Jesus doesn't judge you. But stand. And, and by standing, it's not just so that I can pray for you. I, I want you to stand, if that's you, to actually say, today, I'm going to make the commitment to recalibrate. That in this area or these areas of my life, I'm going to make the commitment to recalibrate. Real quickly, I got the uh, red lights flashing up the back, so I've got to be done soon. Or I'll have to fire myself. But if that's you, just stand up. And this is you saying, Jesus... 
I'm going to come to you just as I am, knowing that I've drifted, recognizing that I'm a little bit off track. God, for the people standing right now, thank you for bringing them here this morning. That they are not here 10 a.m. Sunday by accident, but they're here on purpose for a purpose. And part of that purpose, God, we know is, is to hear from your word. But then to be here to look up just like you would at the swim boy and realize, Ugh. oops. So we present ourselves on this day. God, help us recalibrate. Give us the strength. We're not gonna just do this in our own strength. Give us the strength as we commit to the consistency. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, you can see it. How about, how about we give it up for those people that stood this morning as well? Fantastic. Fantastic.